Stephanie Laska. Welcome to the Dirty Lazy Keto Podcast. I lost 140 pounds by continuing to enjoy my favorite light beer, tortillas, and chocolate. I believe you can have your sugar-free cake and eat it too. You don't have to be perfect on the keto diet to be successful at losing weight. Your journey on Dirty Lazy Keto, it starts today. I mean, here's the deal. During my experience of losing 140 pounds and creating the Dirty Lazy Keto plan that you guys are all a part of, um, during my experience, I went through a lot of moments of self-sabotage. It wasn't once, it wasn't twice. It didn't just happen in the beginning or in the middle. You know, it still happens to me once in a while. And I really have to work hard at like squashing it like a whack-a-mole. You know that game where you like have a punching thing and you're like, ha, ha, ha because it's going to rear its ugly head. And I think we're all, you know, experiencing self-sabotage in different ways. Um, but we can certainly share some of the strategies that are working for one another and share them here in this community. Because what might be working for you could help one of your friends here. So I urge you to share what's bothering you, what is stressing you out, what sabotage is looking like at your house and how you tend to self-sabotage and maybe what's working because you're going to help out a friend as well as remind yourself what's actually working. Um, so today I want to take some time and just talk more about my personal journey. I want to give you eight strategies that helped me specifically with self the, the, the self-sabotage. Um, these are eight different strategies that I felt were probably the most applicable, like it might help other people. And they're not like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And these are things you probably do too. So maybe you just need a little reminder or it just helps to hear you're not alone because I think we're all struggling. It doesn't matter if you have five pounds to lose or, you know, a hundred, like I did more than a hundred. It's all the same. We're all going through the same kind of emotions. So anyway, that's what I want to get into those eight topics. Um, sabotage for me, I'm curious what it means to you. Please share. But for me, a sabotage, self-sabotage means I'm giving myself permission to backslide. It's where no matter what's going on, somehow I've come up with this convenient way to just totally allow myself to just forget about it and just go backwards. Yeah. So that's what I just, that's how I define self-sabotage. So for me, I think it's really important to figure out why that's been my first strategy that's been most effective, why I was doing it in the first place. Like not so much the Band-Aid approach about like, you know, driving this way to work and not that way because there's a fast food on that corner. You know, those are good tricks and everything. But for me, when I started to take a look at things I was doing, like behaviors, like for example, <laughs> I found myself eating donuts before I was doing big exercise. So this was during my weight loss journey. Yes, I'd lost a ton of weight and I was running like a crazy person doing lots of trainings and marathons and races and blah, blah, blah. But I found myself starting to self-sabotage by going, oh, I'm doing all this exercise. I've lost all this weight well, then I must get to have a treat. Has anyone else done that? Do you like my giant donut? It's actually a Frisbee. 
but how cool is this? <laughs> but seriously though, I found myself running more and more and more and exercising more and more and more during my journey just to justify overeating. Now, it doesn't matter if that's a wash or not, you know, calorie for calorie or whatever. It was a self-sabotage behavior because that wasn't really in line with what I wanted for myself, right? Like I had to think about it, like what's really going on? I had to get to the root of the issue. So eating donuts wasn't, you know, I was making fun of it at the time, like, oh, you know, I'm getting all these, you know, you know, fun little treats at the store, donuts and other things because I'm exercising, I'm running a marathon, blah, blah, blah. But really, that was not what was going to be best for me. So once I got to the root of that and started figuring out what was really going on, I was able to kind of move past it. And I'm happy to say I'm not eating donuts anymore. Do I still like donuts? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I don't like them in that way. I don't like the way they make me feel. I don't like that sugar rush. I don't like the sugar crash. You know, yes, they taste good, but that's not the kind of lifestyle I want. I don't want to put my body through that where I'm constantly in and out of ketosis. I'm constantly gaining weight, trying to lose weight, gaining weight, trying to lose weight, um, you know, constantly craving sugar. I don't want that lifestyle. So it's helped for me to just think about what was really going on and then make a change. So that was my first one. Does anyone else have a, a quote unquote donut? You know, I'm curious what that is for you. You'll have to share if you want to, if there's a food that you kind of secretly sabotage yourself with, you can share. Maybe peanut butter. <laughs> it can be lots of different things. Uh, so number two, um, one of the strategies that helped me combat self-sabotage was to make a conscious decision, like a grown-up responsible decision to course correct immediately after a slip up. And what I mean by that is after I make a mistake, which I still do, I'm sure you do too, right? I mean, we're all human. After making a mistake, I had to realize the best strategy was not to like get out my calendar and be like, oh, I'll just wait till Monday and I'll start then. Or tear off the calendar, I'll start next month, or worse, I'll start in January, or I'll start after I get back from that, you know, big event. Does that sound familiar? So that was a sabotaging strategy, which I hear all the time. People are like, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm starting Monday. I'm getting ready. I'm starting January. It's like, there's nothing to get ready. This is not like, you know, packing to go to Europe. <laughs> You're just starting to eat healthier to take care of yourself. So once I made that conscious decision that after making a mistake, which I know I will do, to immediately course correct and not postpone it, that changed my life instantly. And sabotage for me, let go of its like ugly reins over my, my throat. Um, so that's hard to do. I'm not saying it's, it isn't. Um, but I think once you become aware of what's going on and you say, gosh, you know, do I do that? Do I, you know, have like a mistake and let it turn into a cheat meal? Cause you're like, oh, well, hell, I already had a piece of cake or I already had a bite of cake. I might as well have the whole piece. 
Well, I already had a whole piece. I might as well have a pizza. I already have a pizza. I might as well have hot fudge, hot fudge sundae. You see what I'm going with this? And then a lot of damage can occur from one little tiny misstep to suddenly it's like thousands and thousands of um, calories and hundreds and hundreds of net carbs. And then suddenly you've gained all this weight and you feel defeated. So by making that quick course correction and committing to it and, and being an adult to yourself, not rebelling against someone else, but saying, you know what? I know I'm going to mess up occasionally. And when I do, my plan is to course correct right away. None of this postponing crap. You have to be real. So that's number two. Number three, I hear this one so often. It's kind of like the I'll start Monday thing. Um, but a lot of people, and me included, you know, during the weight loss journey, I would find myself sabotaging my weight loss efforts because I'd postpone it. Like, well, I have to do this big thing, like join a gym, right? Or, oh, well, I'll start, you know, getting back on the wagon when I start exercising or when I have more time to work out after work or before school or, you know what I'm saying? I started like fiddling around with those big decisions. Oh, well, my girlfriends and I are going to sign up for a boot camp or a dance class. <sighs> really? When you catch yourself, well, at least for me, when I started to catch myself thinking I had to make these huge life decisions, like signing up for a year at the gym. I knew that I was sabotaging. That's what sabotage looked like for me. Um, postponing, taking care of myself and eating right with the guise of like, oh, I have to do this big, insane, you know, run 10 miles, do an egg fast, um, you know, join the gym, all this kind of stuff. It's just a stalling tactic. It's not going to help you get anywhere. So for me, the strategy number three is to recognize that whenever you're starting a toy with like a big life change, call, call that out say, Hey, that sounds like sabotage. Sounds like procrastination. Maybe, right? That's what it was for me. Uh, number four, moving right along. Number four, and you'll notice too in my language, the way I'm describing when a problem happens or a challenge or a moment of weakness or a slip up or a mistake. When I'm describing that language, you'll notice that I am, hopefully you'll hear this in my voice, you'll notice that I'm instantly taking responsibility for it and acknowledging that that's my choice and that I have a choice to get back on the wagon. And I call this like reframing. It's like modern family. Do you remember how they used to do this at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> but seriously though, I like to reframe the way I'm thinking about a mistake instead of letting that sabotage my behavior where I'm all, oh, you know, that one slip up, that one mistake I made, I had a cinnamon roll or I had a bite of this or I went, you know, gained too many net carbs and gained weight last last week. Oh, I'm so awful. I didn't let that tear me down. There's a point in the journey of losing weight where you have to face those kinds of comments to yourself and say, yeah, I'm human. I'm allowed to make mistakes. That's normal. I know it sounds like I'm being all dramatic, but really this is like a big conversation that a lot of us need to have. 
that's a conversation I had to have with myself. And it took time to get to that point. It wasn't like I'm all, oh, you know, I'm going to be 100% doing this correctly and never, ever have a mistake. No, you have to expect that things are going to go wrong because they will. And then when they do, reframe the way you look at it. Instead of letting those obstacles pull you down like a sinking ship, I started to think about them in a new way. And for me, I wanted to like prove how tough I was. I heard a lot of you earlier talking about being rebellious. And for me, that's how I am. I like to rebel against things. So for example, if someone told me I couldn't do something, I immediately want to do it because that's how I am. Is anyone else like that? <laughs> so if there was a setback or something came across my way that said, oh, you can't do that, I would instantly want to prove them wrong. And for me, that was a reframing technique that was very effective. Um, and I know a lot of you guys have read my book, Dirty Lazy Keto, Get Started, Get Started Losing Weight, this one here. And I talk about, you know, a lot of personal moments in my journey where, you know, I had health issues and things really went wrong in my life. A lot of things went wrong. And there was a point where I could have decided, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for myself. I have all these horrible things happening with my family, my health, my finances. I could have just wallowed, right? I could have been all, oh, poor me, you know, life is so terrible. That's certainly an option. And I have done that in the past. Don't get me wrong. I have done plenty of that. That's probably one of my biggest self-sabotage problems is I kept saying for decades, oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, I don't have time. You know, oh, you know, poor me. All these things keep happening. I don't have enough money. There's a hurricane. There's whatever. There's always something that you could point the finger at and say, well, that's why. It's not my fault. But those kinds of attitudes are really sabotage, aren't they? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you have the right attitude, you'll get through it. And um, there's a lady in the Facebook group who I don't want to say her name because I want to respect her privacy, but she has lost 91 pounds during the pandemic and she has cancer. And her story was just unbelievable. She was in one of the Women's World magazines. They interviewed her about being, you know, so successful at losing weight despite having cancer. She had other family issues going on, um, finance, financial issues going on, and she was able to do it while even reducing her grocery bill. But she had cancer and during a pandemic and like people in her family lost jobs. And it's like, if she can do it, so can you. There was one moment in my journey, which I share in the Dirty Lazy Keto Get Started, where I had been training for a marathon. And I don't know if I went into all this detail, but I was training for a marathon. I, and every week when you train for a marathon, you run more and more miles. And I was up to like 13, 13 or 14. And I was told I had to have surgery, like immediately surgery, like tomorrow surgery, like emergency surgery. And the first thing that went through my mind, and I did put this in the book, is I didn't think about dying because that was kind of a possibility. I was so worried about <laughs> not running my race and like losing my fitness level. I know that's crazy. 
I was probably trying to like protect myself. But I could have at that moment thought, oh my gosh, you know, all these horrible things, poor me, poor me, and then just reached for those circus cookies, which I probably would have done in the past, or um, vanilla milkshakes from McDonald's. What's your self self-sabotage food? Do you have one? <laughs> but here's the thing. Even after I had surgery and they said, thank God I was healthy and alive. And they said, oh, you know, you don't have anything to prove to anyone. You just rest, take care of your body, take care of your health. And I was like, uh-uh, I registered for marathons and half marathons. And I was walking around the nurse's station. I kept a log about how much activity I did every day. And mind you, this was like to the bathroom and back or to the mailbox and back or around the block and then home. Um, but I kept track of my log and every day I got stronger. I didn't give up. I kept positive and I didn't let that self-sabotage voice of my past, you know, ruin all that I'd worked for. And not just fitness, not just running or walking, but it was my mind. My mind had changed because I had reframed how I was looking at things. You know, no longer I was a victim. No longer was I going to use every excuse that came my way to just lay down and take it. I was going to fight back and I was going to live my life on my terms. So you can see how reframing it, challenging um, those thoughts, it can really make a big difference. Easier said than done, I know. But the alternative for me was ending up back at 300 pounds. And I was not going to let that happen because I am a fighter. Are you? <laughs> yes, yes, you are. That is the answer. Um, number five, this is a strategy that I try to tell everybody with Dirty Lazy Keto all the time in all the books and all my writing podcasts and all of these videos. I think a common theme that I share with you and I'll remind you again, is you don't have to be perfect to be successful with weight loss. I know that sounds weird, but you don't. You can kind of sort of do keto. You can kind of sort of do low carb. You can kind of sort of be in ketosis sometimes, most of the time, lots of the time, and you'll still lose weight. I know, right? It's exciting when someone frees you of trying to be perfect. I think too often we have this complete black or white mentality of what weight loss has to be and these strict rules. But the truth is the rules don't have to be so strict. You can bend the rules, you can break the rules, and you can make dirty, lazy keto work for you. That's one of the ways I've been successful. I want to tell you a funny story. It's about chickpeas, also known as garbanzo beans. I always call them chickpeas. I think they're the same. Uh, but anyway, I remember in the beginning of my weight loss journey, my husband, bless his heart, he's my co-author of the Dirty Lazy Keto Cookbooks. He was making chili and we were both learning how to eat lower carb. We were both learning how to cut carbs in our cooking and make new recipes. And he was like, I'm going to make chili tonight, which we all know chili is really tough on keto, right? Because there's so many beans. Well, my husband thought, I'll use these garbanzo beans. These are chickpeas. These aren't like kidney beans. So he made chili with these and he thought he was doing something great. And I was like, he's making me dinner. 
I thought it was amazing and it tasted great. I had never had these before. And I didn't bother to check the can because I wasn't cooking. And I trusted him, right? I'm like, he's cooking, everything's great. So we ate chili and the leftovers for like, I don't know, two, three days, lunch and dinner, because I'm lazy. <laughs> and before you know it, oh my gosh, I got on the scale and I had gained so much weight. It was ridiculous. It was like, I don't know. I went up a whole size in three days. I was so upset and I couldn't figure out what had happened in my journey. I was pretty careful about everything I ate. And then by the time I dug out the uh, garbanzo bean can from the trash and looked at it, I discovered it was 16 grams of net carbs per half cup serving. And I was eating this, not by the half cup, I was eating a ton of these in my chili at lunch and dinner for like three days. <sighs> I was so irritated. <laughs> but here's the thing, it was such a learning moment. Yes, I was mad maybe at myself a little bit, but at the same time, it was kind of funny because I'm like, thank goodness I learned from that experience early on to look at the can and to take responsibility for what I'm eating, even when someone else is cooking, even when someone else tells you it's healthy or low carb. It's up to me to verify that. So that was my aha moment about not trying to be perfect and just to immediately course correct and get back on my plan. And before you know it, lost the weight, kept going, kept going. And the rest is history. Um, you don't have to be so perfect. You don't have to have fat gram ratios and blah, 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 and grams of protein. And this is over and this is under. It's like, no, be done with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is dirty, lazy keto. Please. I, I, I've probably gotten 200 emails over the last couple of years from people asking me about um, the cookbooks, they'll email me and say, oh, how much net carbs, especially when the first cookbook came out, the Dirty Lazy Keto original cookbook. People ask me, well, how do I measure lasagna? Is it a cup of lasagna? Is it a half cup of lasagna? And I'm like, oh no, there's no measuring cups of lasagna. Like this is not Weight Watchers. And I would try to explain to them about the yield and the recipe and the net carbs per serving. It's very simple. But I think it's so simple that it freaks people out. You don't have to be perfect at any of this to be successful. You just have to keep going in the right direction. Here's the thing. If you don't have a plan about what to do when you mess up, that sabotage will just take over. That's been my experience. And for me, not having a plan about how to recover is usually a plan to fail. So I know that's like a bumper sticker or whatever, but for me, that was a strategy I had to think about. And that was my number six, is that real, I had to realize that not having a plan for how to recover from mistakes meant I was probably gonna fail. So I needed a plan. So no matter where I go, I talk about this all the time. You guys crack up at my lunch pails. Here's my chalk zero lunch pail, isn't that cute? But if I leave the house, I bring snacks. If I go shopping, if I go get gas, if I go to work, I always have water and healthy low carb snacks that are dirty, lazy keto with me, even in my purse. I have like granola bars in there from like 1982. <laughs> but seriously, if you're planning to be successful, that means you're planning all the time. That's how you'll recover from moments where things don't go so well.
You don't want to sabotage yourself right off the bat. You need to make a plan. Number seven, I'm going to wrap it up, is I had to really identify in my sabotage problem areas where I might have some self-proclaimed loopholes. These are funny to me. Um, loopholes are where you tell yourself, oh, it's okay, you know, if I have X here because that doesn't count. <laughs> Does anyone else do that? It's kind of funny, but I think we all have them. Okay. And they take different forms. It's like, it can be as simple as like, oh, it's my birthday. You eat whatever you want on your birthday. That's a loophole. Or, oh, my mom made it. It's my grandmother's dish. It's Christmas. It's whatever. There's a million loopholes. For me, early on, before all of this went down, my dirty, lazy keto journey, my loophole was always vacations and especially cruise ships. I remember telling uh, my mother-in-law we were going to go on a cruise. This is when I was just first married, you know, close to 300 pounds. And I was like, I'm so excited to go on this cruise and they're going to have all this great food and I'm going to eat as much as I want. It's going to be so great. And I remember she was like, <laughs> like looking at me with this strange look on her face. And she was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. And I remember being so confused. Like I thought about it for years. I'm like, what kind of person goes on a cruise ship and doesn't eat excessively? Isn't that the whole point? Um, so for me, this was like a loophole, an example of a loophole anyway, that as I was losing weight, I had to identify that that was sabotage. That was self-sabotage, you know, picking apart your birthday, your this, your that, your travel. You can't pick and choose when you're going to be a healthy person. You either are or you aren't. Write that down. <laughs> Those are dirty, lazy, keto words to live by. There's no cheating. I mean, this is either your life and your health or it's not. I don't feel like there's this in between. And for me, I had to close all those loopholes. I'm not missing out on anything. I feel amazing. So you've got to decide that for yourself. But for me, that was a strategy is to close those loopholes and just make a decision that this is what I really wanted is my health. I wanted to be a healthy person and get rid of all that weird donut-y highs and lows, right? I was done with that. <laughs> oh my goodness. But ultimately all this stuff boils down to one thing. And I saved this for the last because it really is the most important. Um, but all of this, the root of all of these strategies about stopping the self-sabotage, every single one, it all has to do for me about self-respect and self-love and deciding that I am worth it. And I'm going to put on my crown. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's true though. Are you worthy of stopping the self-sabotage? Do you have self-respect? For me, I didn't in the beginning. I had none. I was this, I was a disaster. So it was something I really had to work on. And it took time and it took hard work. And that's a whole nother podcast. But really though, all these self-sabotaging behaviors, the negative self-talk, you know, the loopholes for vacations, um, the making excuses about overeating here and not there and 
starting on Monday. I mean, all that really has to do with, are you worth it? Are you worth the change? Are you worth the effort? Because I know I am. And I know you are too. I mean, really, the, pic the big picture here is that your journey to lose weight on Dirty Lazy Keto, I know there's going to be ups and downs. But here's the deal. It involves so much more than just food. And I think that is something we all have to open our minds to a little bit. In the beginning, I know everyone's like, oh, what do I eat? What's the grocery list? And then they're like, damn it, it's been a week. I didn't lose 50 pounds. Or, oh my gosh, it worked great for six weeks or two months until my boyfriend broke up with me or something bad happened at work and then all hell breaks loose. So having a plan for the sabotage and all the other areas of our lives, you need all of it. We have to work on all these things at once, not just the food, sadly. It's not like as easy as ripping a Band-Aid off. There's like a whole bunch of different levels of things going on. And I know I mentioned this earlier, but if sabotage is something you are struggling with, in chapter two, that's the whole deal. Chapter two is basically self-sabotage. <laughs> that's all I talk about here. And I go through kind of the different layers. Um, so if you have the book, go back to chapter two if you're struggling and take a look at the sections like creating a realistic goal, um, how to be accountable to yourself, celebrating success in positive ways, how to manage that internal voice and the way you talk to yourself, and also celebrating non-scale victories. Because I think all of those things combined are really at the heart and the crux of self-sabotage. That's, it's something we gotta face or else you can eat perfectly and then the first time something goes wrong, you know, that's where problems start. So I want you to think about that. If you have the book, if not, um, and you are choosing to order it, if you get it in paperback, ebook, it's also an audio book if you like to just listen to things. Um, but I am telling everybody and reminding you to get your free keto meal planner magnet because my publisher is offering that as a prize uh, for orders now through the end of March. And so this is not available anywhere else. It's through my publisher. So I'm not mailing it. It's from them. And you would go to my books page, the dirtylazyketo.com forward slash books, enter in your receipt details, and my publisher mails that out to you directly for free, just because it's pretty good, huh? I just wanted to say, Thank you for listening. I appreciate your support. This is a community, Dirty Lazy Keto. We have to help each other. We're in this together, my friends. It's not easy, is it? We got to support one another. So if you found today's video to be helpful, please give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, and then subscribe to the Dirty Lazy Keto YouTube channel. Turn on your notifications so you'll never miss an update. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirty Lazy Keto. And for more information about any of my support groups or any of my books, you can always go to DirtyLazyKeto.com for more information. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help. I know you can do it. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks so much for listening and for being part of the Dirty Lazy Keto community. I'm here to support you. I am here to help. Would you like to be notified when a new episode drops? 
Sign up for my free newsletter so we can keep in touch. Enter your email at dirtylazyketo.com and I'll just send you quick notifications when something new is going on. My newsletters are free, of course, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Do me a favor, tell a friend. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Dirty Lazy Keto Podcast. I believe in you, my friend. I know you can do this. See you next week, Keto Superstars. Oh, 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 oh,